the 10th chapter. So good to be in church this morning. Beautiful day today. I love it. God's blessing. Praise God just all around. We woke up and the cows were down in the field. And they got some babies across the street there, and we're enjoying that. Our goldfinches are around now. Man, we're just loving our porch. Amen. Feel the presence of God. You know what? I was sitting out there uh, the other day and just talking to the Lord and felt God just come around just in a special way. Thank God somebody must have been praying for me. And I just felt the presence of God and just uh, just almost like a big old hug. And uh, just I just I, I love... Uh, I, I love that this can be so real. And, you know, last week we we were pretty, uh, pretty wound up about the resurrection. I love teaching about the resurrection. And I told you when we got started, this is just something that's going to show you as amazing as you already know God is. He's just that much more amazing. And not just how amazing he is, but how it is going to affect our lives and touch us in a special way. And today I don't know if I'm going to be quite as dynamic. You know, usually when I dial it back a little bit, people are, people are saying, man, he's a little wound up today, isn't he? But, uh, they got to see me on my good days, I guess. But John 10, I feel like this is so basic in some ways, but it is something that, uh, we're going to deal with and talk about regularly. And, um, feel like the testimonies have already just confirmed a lot of what we got to teach this morning. So thank you for being faithful. Like the brother said this morning, you are so important to every service. I'm telling you, you say, I want God to use me. I tell you, folks don't realize how much there is to be done when you just come and be faithful in church. We got this idea because of religion that church is like, if you're really serious for God, that's going to that's gonna distract you from it. I don't, I don't want to sit in church and just, just be, be taught and, and go through. Mo- no, we're not here just to go through motions. And you encourage and you bless the more you let God work through you. And, uh, and I appreciate that because I need it too. You're a blessing to this preacher and I appreciate it very much. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for, Lord, what we've already heard, the worship and the praise, the testimonies given unto you because you are so great, Lord. And we love you today. God, we ask you please to help us, Lord, in our own weakness, in our own Lord, just frailty. God, help us to understand. Help us to hear your voice in it all. God, you know, Lord, where we are today. God, you know just who needs this the most. And and God, I'm asking you, Lord, that even though it may be very basic for some, God, that somebody might just get a hold of something great today. And Lord, draw near to you. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. John 10. This whole chapter is so amazing. And uh, verse 27, if you want to take some time and go back through this good chapter, it wouldn't, that'd be a good idea. But John 10 verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm so glad I'm safe with him. I told somebody last night, I don't spend one moment of my day worried about hell. Amen. Praise the Lord. I believe in it. Praise God. But I've got something greater than that. And the devil can't take me away from God. Amen. 
Well, praise God. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And Jesus says, I and my father are one. God bless you. You can be seated. Jesus is uh, proclaiming something I feel like is even more profound and challenging to the people that were listening to him that day than what we recognize. Because a lot of this, if we are all, and we're going to turn to it later, familiar with the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord, Almighty God, you look at that word in your King James Bible, it's capital L-O-R-D, that is uh, uh, in some ways an understood to be Yahweh or Elohim. It is almighty God. And now Jesus comes and says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The idea that here is God manifested in the flesh, God with us, Emmanuel. And he comes not to condemn, but to save. Jesus comes with a heart of a shepherd. This was God's heart all along. Amen. And he tries to manifest or make known God's heart from the very beginning. A shepherd that loves his sheep. We're not talking about somebody with a nine to five job. We're talking about someone with a calling and a life to protect the flock of, and, and the Lord looks at us and and as, as our shepherd, uh, he keeps us, he, he protects us, he guides us. And most importantly here, I, without spending a whole lot of time with the understanding of what a shepherd is, he says, my sheep hear my voice. There's one psalm that steps out, stands out to me sometimes where David said, be not silent unto me. Like those that are going down into the pit. He has this distinction between someone who knows God and someone who is lost. And it says, I, I, the difference is hearing him, knowing his voice, knowing that God is speaking. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. There doesn't have to be a, some people say a blind faith, a grasping in the dark. A lot of what's going on in the world, the brother was talking about today, the anxiety, the, the depression, the fear. When you're hearing God, when you're being directed by God and God's got you by the hand, what is that? When you recognize how valuable you are to God, that he would step down out of glory and walk in human flesh to... To take your sin to Calvary, to bleed and die on a cross, that, that you might be forgiven, that everything that is beating you up and tearing you down, you can have victory over that and have a friendship with him. That's really what it's about. To have that fellowship with him, because he's a holy God, we cannot get away from that. It's one thing modern religion does not like to deal with. God's a holy God. That's why we are told in, in the pattern that God has given us for prayer, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. He's a pure God. He's a clean God. And sin is an offense, but he makes a way to take that offensiveness out of the way. And Now there's this fellowship, not religion. Not just going through the motions of trying to be a better person. 
not trying to clean ourselves up and go through some some traditional acts of penance, but a but a a friendship with God that you can can know Him and know His voice. That, as a shepherd that's that's watching out for us. See, you got to come to a place, and we might get to this in a little bit, and, and it was mentioned here today about pride and, and having to humble ourselves, recognizing I need help, recognizing I need direction. So it's a, it's a, tough, a tough admission for a lot of people. We've been told we're worthless and told by life and people around us that we're supposed to look out for us and have what's our best in mind, told that we can't and we, we're, we're no good. And, and, and then now we, we do our best to survive and cope, and now we've got to come to a place and say, wait a minute, it's still not good enough. I, I need God. I need God. My sheep hear my voice. I want to talk to you today about how God is talking. God is speaking. We've heard some people refer to it already today. Some of you, you know that. Some of you, it's, it seems like, uh, 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 can I say commonplace without making it seem so not as precious as it is. And others, you're struggling with the idea of where is God and why, why does he seem so absent? Why does he seem so far away when, when I know that there is this close walk that I can have where I can hear his voice? And have him leading me like a good shepherd. I've heard people say already, why doesn't God just go ahead and do like an Old Testament act of miraculous power so that everybody would definitely, if he really did. Did you ever hear anybody say that? Maybe you've thought this. I've heard skeptics, atheists, you know, if God would just stand up and do something powerful, you know, like we read about a lot in the Old Testament. Hey, there's miracles in the New Testament too, man. Don't. Don't make that an Old Testament thing. But, oh, if there were some of these great things, then fine, everybody would believe him. Well, really? Don't be too sure. Did you read that Old Testament we're talking about? I mean, come on, look at, let's just talk about Moses for a little while. God said, you know, I've heard their cries. I've heard their, 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 I've seen their pain and their suffering and I'm going to help them. I'm going to set them free out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt. Ten plagues on Egypt, horrific just acts of, uh, of tragedy that befall the Egyptians that will not let these slaves go. And God keeps the children of his children safe all along. He's going to keep you safe no matter what you face. Yeah. Amen. But God is, shows himself just on their side. I'm telling you, you'd think if God's sticking up for you like that, the folks that have got you in bondage, listen, the devil's done that to you in your life, and think about it now. And they're they're in slavery, and all that Egypt's power and, and might against them, and God just knocks them down one peg at a time. You'd think you'd, the rest of your life, you'd never have another fear. You're going to stand up, but the devil's got nothing on me. Is that what happened? Moses uh, led them out through the Red Sea. They, they walked through looking at walls of water on both sides. 
And if that wasn't enough, when they got to the other side, God closes it all up on the Egyptians and drowns their enemies. They're shouting and dancing and singing on the other side. Miriam, she's a she's kind of a seasoned citizen, if you will, of the camp. And she grabs a tambourine, too. And she's shaking that and dancing around. A horse in the ride of the throne into the sea. And then a couple of days later, they're, they come to a trial, a test, bitter water. And you think they said, well, come on, God, you did all that. This is no problem for you. But you know what happened? They complained. They got scared. They didn't believe. They said, let's go back to Egypt. The Egypt that you were slaves in, the Egypt that God showed you was not enough. And God's got more for you. Yeah, let's go back. Let's. What about Moses? Well, we're going to stone him if he gets in our way. And over and over and over, if you read through Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you'll see every step of the way. They're looking back to Egypt. They're giving up. They're getting angry. They're complaining. Did they believe God then? When Moses goes away for just a little over a month and they're like, ah, we, we, we don't have God. Let's build us one. Let's make one out of all the Egyptian gold and did all those miracles really change their hearts? Well, let's look at Jesus. He comes and loves, serves, gives. All of his teaching is just drawing people closer to God, drawing people closer to one another, just loving and serving. Never once just being selfish, never once just being condemning. And Did they believe him? You look at the religious crowd of that day, they crucified him. They handed him over to the Romans to crucify him. Amen. The thing is, Jesus uh, told Thomas that, you know, you, you believe now because you see, but blessed are those that are going to believe that don't see. And the thing is that God's got enough of a witness around this world and enough of what he's doing in your heart. To prove to you today that he cares about you, he loves you, and he's got a plan for you. You're not just some kind of cosmic accident. You're not just some piece of matter that somehow has consciousness with all those chemicals floating around in your brain that may be imbalanced the way they tell you. Oh, no. Listen to me. That's a lie. God's got a plan for you. God's made you unique and special. And you get the devil off your back and recognize, hey, I told you I, told you I was going to calm down, but I didn't promise you. <laughs> I'm not going to get excited because when I think about what the devil's done to lie to people. When I think about how the devil's just lied and made you some kind of uh, of mistake or accident of, of some sort and with no soul, with no purpose, with no eternal uh, love that God has shown on you. I get excited because I know where I was. I know what it's like drifting through life with no no meaning, no purpose, feeling so lost and so empty, believing the lie that... That nothing really mattered. It's a dark place. But when you recognize that the real gospel, that God cares about you, God has thought about you before you were ever born and had a plan for you, the Bible says, while you're still in your mother's womb, and, and that, that he's made you with gifts and abilities and, and, and a plan that well, praise God. And, and he'll, he's, he deals with you and, and 
how many times I've heard just recently about the situations, circumstances uh, uh, some of you have shared with me. I think even last night, Irv was telling me about I should have been dead how many times. And, and I don't know why God kept me alive and different things in his life. Just saying, God's showing up saying, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. Amen. It's not that. It's not that God's ta- not talking. But the problem is on the reception end of it. The problem is on the hearing. Look what it says in First Kings. Can you step back to First Kings? He said, "My sheep hear my voice." First Kings nineteen. There's a prophet. Old Testament preacher, if you will, but more than a preacher, someone who's really God's just saying, hey, here's the message. Go tell it. I think there is prophetic in some preaching for sure, but that's all this man did. First Kings 19.9, he comes to a place, I believe, where he just thought there was going to be some some revival, some big turnaround in the land. He he uh, God just did some miracles. Prove that he was greater than all the false preachers, the false religions, the, the idolatry. God just proved that, that he's alive and he's real and he's been there all along. And rather than everybody turn around and say, okay, we're going to start following this great God that's better than all the lies we've been following. Jezebel says, well, let's kill that preacher by tomorrow morning. So Elijah says, well, what's left? You know, I've done everything I can do. There's nobody left but me. Nobody cares about God or serving God. And, and he starts slipping into a depression, starts letting those thoughts build up and come against him. And he finds himself, it says in verse 9 of First Kings 19, he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. He said, what doest thou here, Elijah? God knew, but he wanted him to start looking around. What are you doing here? You know, it's already been said about the depression and all these things. But, you know, sometimes we really have to just let God wake us up, say, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? Yeah, I mean, you came to the cave. You walked in. You let these thoughts gang up on you. You allowed that. You focused on them. You didn't cast them down. You didn't replace them with some faithful things. Well, praise God anyhow. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts and the children of Israel forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with a sword. I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. Seemed pretty bleak. I'm not going to get too upset with him. We understand the battle. But what he's saying was completely wrong. Well, it wasn't wrong in the fact that he was really just jealous for God. He was fighting for God's reputation and not, and hating the, the people that were telling lies and somehow the idolatry, but he wasn't the only one. God had 7,000 other ones out there somewhere, but he, he believed that he was the only one. So God says here in verse 11, go forth and stand upon the Mount before the Lord. Listen to this. Now behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains Break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind. 
And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. The Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. It's how God talks a lot. We are looking for some great noise and some great move of, uh, of what we feel like is a supernatural. But I'll tell you where God is a lot of times. And I'm telling you, this is where our battle lies. It's just being able to hear God in the still, small voice of our heart. Jesus said seven times to seven different churches in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He is a shepherd, and he is the one that his sheep hear his voice. The Bible says another they will not listen to. There's, there's a, many, many voices going on in the world, but, but, but someone who is sold out and in love with the shepherd, they're going to hear his voice. They're going to they're be able to determine, hey, this is God. This is God's direction. This is what God has for me. He, he puts the focus on the hearing. From the very beginning, from the very beginning of Genesis, God is portrayed as seeking, of calling. Adam, where are you? It was Adam that was hiding. It was Eve that was hiding. And over and over, God is sending his prophets, sending his, his mouthpiece, sending uh, those that would, would stand and, and say, hear the word of the Lord. God's calling. God's talking. God's dealing. But so often the problem is hearing what God is saying. Why is it so hard to hear from God? Why are people having such a hard time knowing what God is trying to say to them? Isn't that an important question to ask? Matthew 13. Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah. And you'll see Paul do it a few times as well. It's talking about the parable of the sower. God's sending the sower to sow the seed. That's his word. And the ground is the hearts of those that are hearing the word. So to get it into your heart, you've got to get it through your ears. But the problem is that not everybody is getting it into their hearts the right way. And it says here in Matthew 13, 15... This people's heart is waxed gross. Now, that's uh, some King James English. Let's, well, we'll get back to that. It's waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, they have closed. Lest any time they should he- see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. God's will is to speak and to change from the bad to the good, from the dark to the light, to, to save, to deliver, to heal, to give us victory, to, to, to heal us. And, but not everybody's getting all that. So what's the holdup? What is the... What's the difficulty here? The Lord brings it down to a choice now. Now, this is not what a lot of people think there. All of a sudden, it's like, well, I'm just not able. God says you are. God knows how to speak your language. God knows how to get your attention. God knows how to, to speak clearly to his children. And people say, I, I just, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, what's he say? 
people have closed their eyes. Their hearts have waxed gross. That waxed gross means gotten, their heart has gotten thick, like calloused. They have made choices in their lives that have caused them to lose the sensitivity of their heart. The word in, uh, in the, the Greek lexicon, if you will, that you can look at, it, it means to stupefy, to numb. How much pain is in the world? We talk about psychological pain, hurt, damage that's being done, and how much is being done to numb that pain rather than to heal that pain. I am very cautious when healing is just really thrown out the door. And all we're trying to do is numb, numb ourselves. Now, you can numb yourselves with drugs, with alcohol. You can numb yourselves with, with uh, luster or, or, or uh, amusement, if you will, with, with, uh, with pride, with money. There's a lot of different ways to numb yourself. But listen to me. What happens is God's trying to get down to the heart of the matter. God's trying to bring that healing, that, 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 to, to really deal with who you are and set you free. But some, for some reason, and we're getting to that, for some reason, rather than say, okay, God, what could be more valuable than hearing your voice and being free? What could be more important than really knowing that Almighty God knows my name and cares about me and can guide me through my life? And rather than say, yes, Lord. Speak. I want to hear you speak. I, I, I want to know what you want. I know a lot of people that said, I really just wish I knew what God wanted. And rather than knowing how, learning how to listen and pay attention to his spirit, they spend their time numbing themselves, spend their time running, spend their time callousing, hardening their hearts. Why is it so hard for people to listen to God? I I I preached a message a while back. It was interesting to me. I, I don't know if you ever see, I guess they still sell them. If you ever been into a, just any of your, your smaller pet stores, they probably have these little Vietnamese fighting fish. They're beautiful. They're, the colors are amazing, scarlets and blues and purples. And, uh, but they always have them in these little tanks because you can't put them together because they'll fight one another. They'll, they'll kill one another. And, and uh, But you can play a little a little trick and, and take a mirror and hold it up to the side of the, the side of the tank and a little bowl usually is what they're in. And, uh, if you do that, these little fish will just puff out their gills and try to make themselves look big and menacing and threatening because they think something is going, it's really just a mirror. It's just them. But what they're fighting against is what they see as a threat. And you'll find out that we sometimes are kind of that silly too. When God is coming without threat of any kind of harm, he's actually trying to heal and to help us. You'll see it, like I said, from the very beginning. He's not the threat. We're the threat. was already testified. We're our worst enemy. And what are we fighting against when, when God comes, when the word comes, when the preacher starts preaching? We're fighting against the mirror. Why are we so angry when, when, when things are brought? Why does that preacher have to always go there? Because... Fighting against the mirror. It's so hard, no matter how much we know, we're hurting, we're struggling, we're, we're, we, we need help, we need healing. 
but to be confronted with it. Be confronted with a better way and to have to let go of the pain that is familiar. See, it's pain, but we're familiar with it. We're coping. Barely. And now God's saying, here's, here's better. Lay that down. Lay that down. Come to an altar and just, just let that die. Let, let that be the past. Let me give you a new life. That, that's fearful to some. The pride that we talked about, sometimes that's the problem. Sometimes just being willing to say, hey, I am weak. I do need help. I, I'm not surviving. But, but to be able to, to say, God, you know what's best. And to let go of that is so hard sometimes. First Samuel, First Samuel 15, Saul thought he knew what's best. God said, do it this way. And he was too proud to give it up and do it God's way. And he said, well, I didn't do it quite God's way. I did it this way, and I thought it would be real religious, and God would love it, you know, that I, I didn't do exactly what he said, you know. You know, Mom, Dad, no, I didn't clean the garage, but you know what I did? I, I made cookies, and I left you one. <laughs> Samuel, verse, chapter 15, verse Samuel 22, Samuel says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? He doesn't want your cookies. He wants you just to obey him. All the religion you can do to try to cover up the fact that you can't hear his voice and you're not really following him. Not impressed. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken or listen to God than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being King Saul, stubbornness is sin. Being able to hold on no matter what to my will and my way. You ever felt that way? It's just, I know it's not right. I know it's not best, but, but I can make it work and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, no, wait, wait, wait. Just listen to the shepherd. He's going to take care of you. He knows what's best, but wait, I've got this. Wait, well, you're going to have to learn you don't got it. You're going to have to learn that God's, God's ways are so much higher than your ways. And you know, your goals and, and, and what you think can happen if you really get the cool thing about living for God, the great thing about serving God is he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So all the goals that you're reaching for and all the things you think you want out of life, God's got something even better than that. And if you're willing to just say, okay, God, I I can let go of this and lead me and guide me, you're going to find your life so much more satisfied. There's a lot of things in life that don't satisfy. I mean, how much do you have to look around and see with some of the millionaires and billionaires around us and say, you know what? Do they really seem like they got everything that we want out of life? I know some of you are saying, I'd love to give it a shot. But listen, (laughs) You know, it, it's not uh, it's not the answer. Some of the things people are pushing God to the side and say, well, once I have this, I'll be happy. And then, you know, I'll fit God in somewhere. No, 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 no. You're missing it. You got to build a foundation on God. Because there's a lot of things that you think are you're chasing your dreams. And God's saying, I got better dreams than you've ever thought of. I've got better dreams than you've ever dreamed of. I got things that are going to take you to what what I know is best for you. 
But you got to learn how to listen to him. And in order to listen to him, you got to be able to lay aside some things. Give that to God. That's a hard thing to do. It's not really part of my message here, but I feel like God's just telling somebody. You, you, sometimes it's your dreams. You got to put them in God's hands. Right. Say, but I really feel like this is God. Give them to God. If it's God, he'll give it right back. He's not going to hold anything good from you. Right. Sometimes he might have to adjust some things. And you, I really thought I, I had this and, and I really thought it was God. That's all right. I'm not going to uh, argue with you. But sometimes God say, well, some of that was me, but some of that, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you better than that. Yeah, amen. amen. First Timothy four verses one to four. Paul's telling Timothy. Well, I want to start in verse two. Let's just for sake of time, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Listen to this for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Why are so many people reaching for these feel good churches rather than somebody who's going to really help them be saved? Why are so many of these mega churches that don't have a lick of a gospel to them, a bit of deliverance from from sin and from bondage without any bit of boldness to say, hey, listen to me. Sin is destroying your life, your home, your mind. Amen. It's not about building our, our, our kingdom for, for, for money or, or fame, but it's about the souls that are, that, that are being ministered to and served and saved. But the Bible says they'll heap to themselves these kind of teachers. I'm not trying to be rude in any way, but there's some times you turn on some of this stuff and look at it and you say, how are these people... Not just out on the street, if, if that's the kind of, of preaching they're preaching. People filling up, and, and, and if it's not enough to just to be motivational uh, and, and have no real repentance, no real dedication to God, but then somehow elevating ourselves and kind of, kind of stepping in and, and almost teaching kind of a, a new age kind of, hey, we're all gods in our own right kind of thing. How? How does this get by, folks? But they love to hear their pride being stroked and built up and, hey, I'm something. Oh, no, Jesus is something. Amen. Look what it says. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. How sad is that? Is that the day we're living in? People turn unto fables. Help us, Lord. I've just got a little bit more here, but turn with me to to Zechariah, the seventh chapter. I, 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 I could just go on and on and on, and I... Some of you saying, well, I think that's what you're doing, brother. But I think I think we're way past that. But no, 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 I'm almost done. But Zechariah, that's uh, toward the end of your Old Testament there. Seven. Verse nine, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, execute true judgment, show mercy and compassion, every man to his brother. How hard is that to, to hear? And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. Let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder. I want you to see that. God's 
word kind of paints this picture of God reaching out with a with a message of 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 serving one another, loving those that are helpless, caring for those that need help in the community and 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 bringing us together. And he's saying, you refuse to listen and pull away your shoulder. Do you see like a like a stubbornness of a child? No, you're not going to tell me that. What's he telling them to do? That's so difficult. Some of the times I've seen folks in church where all you're doing is saying, let's pray. Let's just reach out to God. Let's just let's just take a step toward God. Let's let's recognize we need God. That does pretty simple. What's God want from me? He wants to love you and be a father and a friend to you. He wants to 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 help you see that there's some things in your life that are hurting you and give you something better than that. No, you're not going to make me. You can't. I won't. I'm going to make this work. And it didn't work for David. It's not going to work for you. Didn't work for Samson. It's not going to work for you. Amen. But they refused to hearken, pulled away their shoulders, stopped their ears. I'm not listening. You can't make me. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Lest they should hear the law and the words of the Lord of hosts hath sent his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath upon the Lord of hosts. I'll tell you, a lot of times I hear people talking. Uh, I, I don't want to get off track at all, but I hear people talking about the prophets of the Old Testament preaching the, the, the judgment and the anger of God. Oh, what kind of God? Listen to me. If God wanted to show judgment, he didn't have to tell him about it. He didn't have to send Jeremiah and Ezekiel. You know what he's doing when he's saying, hey, God's angry. He's giving them a chance to repent. He's reaching for them and saying, why don't you just go ahead and get it right? If he just wanted to be angry and nasty about it, he wouldn't have sent Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and all these. He would have just done it. But he reaches with love and mercy and says, come on, it doesn't have to be this way. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's God trying to tell us today? What's, what's, what, what's going to happen if I start listening and paying attention to the spirit of God that's guiding me? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to lead you in paths of peace. He's going to lead you into green pastures. You're so used to being beat up and hurt. and oh, It breaks my heart seeing people so mixed up and messed up. And I think, come on, just stop. Reach out to God. Let him lead you into, into a better life. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Listen, that's what the shepherd does. He sees that pain. He sees that the anxieties, the fears, his rod and staff are going to comfort you when you're in the midst of a battle. He's, he's got you covered. In one place, he, in, in Matthew, the 11th chapter, he starts saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and a heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It wasn't their Old Testament laws. If you read about it later, they're, they're, they're getting accused because they're, they're, they're making, I guess, some kind of little bit of a meal just walking through the, the grain and, and, and rubbing it in their hands and blowing away the chaff and chewing on grains of, uh, of wheat. And they're saying, ah, oh, you're breaking the Sabbath. And he says, I'll give you rest. Come to me. 
Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. God's got the answer to all that burden you're facing. God's got that answer. It's in his still small voice. The voice of the shepherd that's saying, come unto me. Oh, hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands right now? Just, just love him. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Katie, come on up to the music, if you would, please. Oh, hallelujah. This Bible is not telling you some kind of religious way that some formality, some formula that you must follow. And it's not some kind of motivational speech to build up your confidence and your courage and tell you you've got all the answers inside of you and to believe in yourself. That's going to fail you. But it's telling you there's a God that made you and knows you. Knows where you hurt and knows how to make it better. Oh, come on. Somebody help me pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus. It's a message for Christians. This is a message for people who are fighting some battles. Oh, I feel this. Jesus. Jesus, help us, God. To hear his voice, to hear the voice of a shepherd. God's talking to somebody. God's been knocking at your heart's door. God's been drawing you to Him. Time to let some things go. Time to to lay it down and walk toward Him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of His will for your life. Don't be afraid of... Oh, in the name of Jesus, God help somebody today. He's got nothing but good for you. All your best intentions. I'm not trying to put any blame on you. I'm not trying to say you've chosen your own way, but it's time to choose to turn away from an old life and turn to God. It's time to just turn away from some old weights and some things that have been holding you down. Some things you know right well. The problem with hearing from God is that He's going to get you to let go of some of the some of those things that you've been holding on to for too long. Things that have been pulling you down. Things that have been wearing you down. He's going to work in you to to forgive, to forgive yourself. He's going to work in you to lay down some things and to... Lord, I've numbed myself for too long. I've kept myself from your best for too long, God. Oh, Jesus, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. 
about you. This Bible from the beginning to the end is a statement of God's love to you, how he's seeking you. Not to condemn, but to save. He's seeking you. He's seeking the fellowship with you. He said, I know my, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice and I know them. That's a terminology that is uh, an intimate relationship. I know them. I, I, I know your heart. I know your pain. I know your needs. You're not looking to just be a Sunday morning visit. But a life that walks with Him, that loves Him. A life that is led by Him. I feel like there's somebody here today. You know God's been speaking, but your your hearing's been off. Just keeping yourself busy, maybe, or distracted somehow. But God's drawing you. God's dealing with your heart. You know that the things you've been seeking after, it's not satisfying. It's not its not meeting your needs. The answer is in Him. The answer is in Him. Turn to Him. Turn to Him. Come to Him and ask Him to help you. Ask Him to, to save you. Ask Him to give you victory in this part of your life. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. He's so good. He's reaching for you today. He's calling today. In a day so full of confusion, in a day so full of more and more as technology advances, but people are still more and more hurt. And doing a great work in this last day. He's still moving mountains, but those mountains are issues in your heart and mind that you said I could never break free of. You've been told it's always going to be a part of your life. You've been lied to. God's going to move that mountain. God's going to move that addiction. God's going to move that depression. God's going to move that Oh, hallelujah. God's going to fill you with light. God's going to fill you with mercy and forgiveness. God's going to fill you with joy. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Earlier this week, I was praying and felt like God was leading me to talk about being a soldier for the Lord. And we're going to talk about that tonight, Lord willing. I hope you can be with us. But I felt like after I prayed that that was for Sunday night, this morning with somebody here today, God knew you were coming. God knew you were going to be here. And He wants you to know He's talking. He's, 
He's, he's God. His hand has been there. You've had some hard things happen in your life. You've had some, some really hard battles in your life, and he's been there. Don't blame him for it. He's, he's reaching for you to take his hand. He's reaching for you to be the help, to rescue you. It's not his fault that it's happened, but it's, but it's this fallen world that is so lost without him. But he's there all along. He's never... He's never walked away. He's been there reaching for you. Take his hand. Ask him to help you see, to hear. Ask him. Ask him to help you, and he will. God, Lord, you see the pain in this house. You see the ones that are feeling the burden the most, God. Lord, I pray you give that rest, Lord, in hearts and minds. Pray you give that peace that passes understanding as we reach out to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's an anointing here. There's a presence here of God to, to meet your need. you so very much. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being a good shepherd, meeting every need. God, I pray now that you keep us, lead us in this, help us, Lord, to lay aside everything that would hinder us from hearing your voice, God, and Lord, direct us day by day through your word, through your voice, God. We love you. God, I'm asking you to please just keep us safe as we travel. Shine your light through us, God. And Lord, in this world, keep your hand upon us, Lord. We love you for it. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in your great name. Let's all say it together. In Jesus' name. One more time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. I hope you can join us tonight. Praise God.